Quick Clips for the EMT by Joshua Gamble. Today we're going to talk about the different phases of an ambulance call. And primarily, we have to start at the station. Okay, so everybody should arrive anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes early for their shift so that they can get here and make an assessment of their truck and check their truck. Make sure that their truck is in the proper working order. All right. Fluids, tires, belts, batteries, all those things that are accompanied for that. As well as we want to make sure that we have the appropriate checklist to check off all the equipment that should be on our vehicle. Make sure that all of our equipment is in proper working order. This goes a long way in helping us on the calls that we'll make throughout the day so that we are completely prepared for anything that may come our way. Because at the end of the day, guys, we have to remember, we're in the what-if business. Alright, so after we've done that, primarily, we wait for the dispatch. While we're waiting for dispatch, though, we should be always, always, always reiterating what we've already learned. Training, reading EMS magazines, reading different portfolios, podcasts, things like that, to keep everything fresh on our mind while we're at work to be prepared for whatever comes our way. Once the dispatch comes in, we need to make note of all the dispatch information. All right. Some places you go will have a very good dispatch. They will have computers that relay all that information back to you. Other places you go, it's just over the radio. So you have to write and copy all that information down. Um, on the other side of that, some places are still using a seven-digit phone number to call in to call in to the emergency response line. Um, those guys have to take all the dispatch information that they can possibly get and then get in route. So we have to make sure that we're documenting it very, very good, especially when that dispatch information comes in if we do not have some kind of system set up to relay that information to us. That being said, as we get dispatched, we need to be thinking about which route we're gonna take, how we're gonna get there, before we even get in the truck. Are we running lights and sirens, things like that. And then of course, in route to the call, there's two of you in a truck, or at least there should be. So the person that's primarily focused on driving should be the sole driver. Okay, and then you should also, the guy that's sitting in the passenger seat should be the one thinking of patient care. What are we going to need to bring in? What are we going to need? Oxygen, um, oxygen mask, BLS bag. Are we going to need to take in um, a mechanical CPR device because we're going to a cardiac arrest patient? What additional resources do we need? Do we need law enforcement there for MVCs and things like that? So there's a lot that they need to be thinking of as well um, to make sure that by the time we get to the scene, we are completely prepared in our mind. Then, of course, as we arrive on the scene, we need to try and get a global picture. Um, even if we're just walking up to a person's house, we want to get a global picture of what that actually looks like. Is their yard well maintained? Is their house well maintained? Is 
it looked like it's run down and fallen apart. That gives us an idea of what we could be walking in on. Um, it also gives us an idea on if they are potentially able to take care of themselves well enough to be at home. Um, now, granted, that's not always the case, but it gives you an idea of what you're walking up to. Not only that, you're looking for seeing safety concerns. All right, beware of dog signs, dogs barking, um, fences that are locked, things of that nature. Um, obviously, loud noises that are abnormal, not what we want to hear. And then, of course, in an MVA, you're looking for anything and everything because that's a potential dangerous situation just being there because usually you're on the road. Um, so make sure you get out with your safety vest and things of that nature. Also, we have to worry about the transfer of patient care to the ambulance. How are we going to get them to the ambulance? Do we need to bring in a stair chair? Do we need to take the stretcher, scoop stretchers, from flexible stretchers, things like that. We want to know what we need to do to get them into the ambulance. All right. And then, of course, en route to whatever receiving facility we're going to. All right. We have to do a good assessment to know what receiving facility they need to go to to begin with. But also, we have to know what care, how we're going to treat our patient in the back of the ambulance. A lot of times, we're transporting people, guys, Usually, just sitting there talking to them goes a significantly long way, and it makes them feel comfortable, it makes them feel okay, it makes them feel a little bit better, all right? And then, of course, as we get to the receiving facility, we need to make sure that we hand off a good patient report to whoever we're giving a patient report to, and then we would talk about getting back in service. We would clear on the radio and state that we're back in service. As we get back in service, we also want to make sure that if we needed to restock at the hospital, we got whatever we needed from the hospital. If we are not allowed to do that, we have to go back to our central area to where we restock, then we need to make sure that we are allowed to get back there to restock before we catch another call. And we do it in a timely fashion. fashion. You should never be down for very long um, at the hospital unless there's just some kind of complication. Get your ambulance back in service, get ready, get ready for the next call, and get back out there. All right, guys, that's it for today. Talked about the kind of phase, the phases of an ambulance call. Hopefully that helps you understand a little bit better and what you should be doing as you're headed towards the scene.